Hello, listeners, and welcome to the X Show. Today is an exciting milestone as we are doing our very first video broadcast. I have with me here Brandon Barnum. He is the CEO of HOA.com. He is an expert on all kinds of referral marketing, and he has a really interesting technology solution for sales and marketing called a bank code. It's like a personality AI-based chatbot, but we'll get into it with him. Why don't you care to introduce yourself, Brandon? Awesome, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm excited, especially because it's a breakthrough show for you. First time on video. That's awesome. Yeah, so for me, like you said, CEO of HOA.com, I love helping people build their business by referrals and really unlock everything they're looking for in life. Yeah, it's awesome. So without further ado, uh, let's really let's really dive into it. You know, when we look at referral, when you think of referral marketing, uh, Brandon, like what do you what how you how would you describe it? Referrals is word of mouth marketing, right? And it's really just how you attract people to your company. And it's the way that human beings naturally work anyway, right? We naturally want to help solve people's challenges and problems. And so we refer them to other people, companies, products, solutions that are going to help them live a better life and get through the challenges that they're facing. So really what we do is we help people to integrate those processes and practices into their business so they're able to attract their perfect prospect and win more business. Right. That's that's an excellent description. And now, um, obviously, based on your pure title, HOA.com, you focus a lot on realtors. And realtors is really I mean, referrals for a lot of realtors will become the bread and butter that you come with. You establish a base of business, you establish your book, and then you keep going after them at time and time again because you build up your. It's true, you build up a reputation, and people want to help. And people want to help other people, and I and I think it's gone to the end. You know, so many different realtors are all building the different referral networks. What what's um. What's, what's kind of something that some that uh, that someone in your field can really do to help them stick stick out amongst all the other realtors saying, hey, if you know someone who wants to buy or sell a house, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many different ways, Tony, but you're absolutely right. And it's not just realtors, too. It's really there's a couple of different categories. What we focus on is targeting who your end client consumer is. For realtors, they focus on homeowners or people that want to be homeowners, right? And so if you think about your business, and not only do you want to attract referrals from existing homeowners, your past clients, that's a huge source of referrals, but you should also be looking at all of the other professionals who serve homeowners every day. So I got started in this business back in 1997. I was a single dad. I was only making 20000 a year. And I got into the mortgage business. And I had somebody that mentored me in the art and science of generating raving referrals. And I was able to 10x my income from 20000 to $200,000 a year within wow. 18 months. And so now after you know being in the mortgage industry for 12 years and doing a half a billion dollars in transactions, I'm just on a mission to help as many people as possible build their business by referral. Because when you do that, you have all the business coming to you that you want and you don't have to spend money on marketing or advertising. So would you, you know, with someone who's trying to break into those fields, whether it be mortgage, real estate, you know, on the very first, on the very first transactions you're trying to do, 
you know, a lot of them don't really have those built up connections with different professionals. You know, they may know your name, but they don't necessarily know what it's like to work with you, how professional you are, how competent you are, basically, at a position because you're a bit of an unknown to them. What what kind of strategies would you would you recommend for someone who's really starting off on that base? You know what, Tony, you are so right. When I got started in the mortgage industry, I felt like an idiot. I'm a fairly smart guy. <laughs> But it took me a year before I really felt like I knew what was going on and how to answer most of the questions that I got. So I'd say the biggest thing that you can do if you're just starting out in any industry, quite frankly, is get great mentorship. Be a part of a team. You know, nowadays there's a whole team concept, especially in the real estate world. Many new agents, they start off as an apprentice, if you will, for somebody that's already successful and they've got more business than they can handle. So they build a team and they refer off some of their clients to their team members and then they mentor them on the transactions together. And that gives the person that's just getting started the confidence that anytime they've got a question, they've got somebody to, to answer that question. Plus, they can go into meetings together because not only does the person who's getting started win, but their team leader wins a percentage of that business too. So that's really the best way for somebody to getting started is find a mentor and work with them to build your book together. I mean, that totally makes sense because it sounds like what you really want to create here is a win-win situation where they get someone who's loyal, who's going to stick around, and someone who's coachable. But more importantly, someone who, um, I mean, ultimately, it sounds like you're providing value to the mentor, too. I mean, you're handling you're handling part of their business as well. And, um, you know, at least in the real estate, real estate business, they usually take something around between 20, 30 percent, depending on what exactly your team structure is and developing that win-win situation. I mean, you know, I think, I, I think I, I, a mindset that's important to keep, that's important to uh, adapt to is this, and it's been thrown around a lot, but it's kind of a mindset of abundance. There's always more out there and you can create value out there even if you already think it's a saturated market. I mean, what, what would you say that mindset takes a takes a pretty pivotal role when you're thinking about this? I think mindset is the key to success, right? You can either be in fear or you can be in faith, but you can't be in both simultaneously, <laughs> right? That comes down to your mindset. It comes down to what you believe to be true. And, you know, when it comes to abundance and scarcity, again, you can either believe that the world is working in your favor or working against you. And whichever mindset you choose to adopt is true for you. So I choose to believe that everything is going to work out well, and it usually does. It doesn't always go the way that I want, but I'll tell you what, it's sure a more exciting and enjoyable ride, believing that it's all going to work out in your favor. Yeah, I mean, that's the positivity that you require. I mean, because, I mean, I, I think the failure rate for first year realtors, realtors is is at least above 50%, and definitely more when you come to uh, different kinds of industries like insurance and mortgage industry like you were like you were in when you're really on your when you're almost on your own in those commission only positions where if you don't perform you you're essentially not making anything oh it's huge and like the insurance world that property and casualty insurance that takes a long time to build up your book of business to where those residuals 
take effect. But, you know, after five, 10 years, life is great. But those first few years are rough. So you're absolutely right. You've got to be encouraging yourself, right? Reading personal development. You know, for me, I listen to a lot of praise and worship music because it's Mm -hmm. always encouraging, not just my mind, but also my spirit. And so that's how part of the way I stay connected always, but find what fuels you and make sure that you're listening to great mentors and guides and podcasts like uh, the X show. I appreciate the shout outs right there. And my understanding is that you've built yourself your own kind of technology-based referral platform to help uh, businesses and individuals, presumably, about uh, how, how to really take advantage of those referrals. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's interesting with HOA.com. It's actually the 10th technology platform that I built over the last 27 years. So when I was getting started in the mortgage business, I built a kind of an early version of Zillow because I knew that mm-hmm. the future was online home buying and being able to sit in your your boxers and your couch and be able to see all the homes online. Back then, it didn't exist, so that's what we created. Fast forward, now what I've created is an online ecosystem for homeowners, and we create a, a platform we believe is like Nextdoor meets Angie's mm-hmm. List meets Zillow. So referrals are definitely a huge component of that. And creating strong referral partnerships are at the core to the success of our members. So what do you think are some pitfalls that business and individuals make when they're trying to set up these referral programs? I mean, not everyone is successful successful, and half the time knowing to be successful is knowing how not to be successful. Uh, totally. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, um, there's a great statistic, Tony, from Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI, Business Networking Inter- Inter- Incorporated or International. He says that 98% of businesses rely on referrals, but only 3% have a system for referrals. And that's something that I find all the time. I mean, there's there's 10 referral best practices. And actually, if you go to referralscorequiz.com, you can take the referral score quiz and there's 10 different best practices. You'll rate yourself on one to 10. And there's usually a couple there that are pretty eye-opening for people because they don't know what they don't know. And until Mm. they take that, they haven't really thought about formalizing their referral partnerships and putting a system in place. But to answer your question specifically, I think the number one biggest gap is that people don't ask for referrals. They don't feel comfortable and they really haven't automated the ask where their systems and their processes does the asking for them. Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking at, you know, doing that, doing that, could you describe kind of like a layout of some kind of strategies that you would do? Because it's, you know, ask for referrals as, when you, when you want to break it down to a, a concept as simple as you ask someone, hey, is there anyone who's in the market? That's great. But there's always, but as for folks, can be a little more complicated than that, as I'm sure most things in business are. Yeah. So let's talk about automating the ask, and then we'll actually talk about asking. First mm-hmm. of all, you should be automating the ask. What do I mean by that? In your follow-up systems, in your client communication, as you think about your customer journey, You want to integrate automated requests for referrals all throughout the process. Whether you create some of these uh, referral kits that we call them, referral cards that you print out and 
incentivize, you give out to your clients and customers so that they're referring business to you and there's an incentive for them and an incentive for somebody else. That's a great way to do it. But even in your invoices, your receipts, your email communication, your email signature, you can add a line in that says the greatest gift you can give me is a referral (laughs) or we love helping people solve this problem, right? Whatever that problem is, the solution that you provide. We love help. I work with a lot of dentists is one of the categories that we help out a lot of. We love people, helping people get a great smile. If you need any dental work or know someone who does, please contact us and we'll be happy to give a free exam or whatever their call to action is. So automate the ask. Make sure that that happens, that communication is going out with your systems and your team so that you don't have to ask. But if you want to ask, there is what we call the art of the ask. You want to hear that, Tony? Let's do it. All right. Okay. So the art of the ask is three steps. The first step is called setting the stage. The second step is listening for referral triggers. And the third step is to ASK to GET. All right. So let's break those down. The first thing is setting the stage, and this is really important. So when you get a new client, they've agreed to hire you or do business with you before you let them out of your office or off the phone or off of Zoom, before you let them go, after they've hired you, say, before I let you go, I'd like to ask you a favor. I'm so committed to wowing you with our service and delivering above and beyond your expectation that when I do, I'd like to ask your permission to ask you for a referral later on. Mm. Have you put them on the spot, Tony? Have you asking for referrals right now? Not yet, but you, uh, like you're saying, just setting the stage so that they know to expect it. And they have it at least a little bit in mind while you're doing whatever it is you're doing for them. You got it, dude. That's exactly right. You're planting seeds right now. Now, some people will actually say, well, now that you mention it, I've got <laughs> a client, a cousin, a niece, a nephew, a husband or whatever, and you'll actually get referrals right then. Okay. But let's assume that doesn't happen. And you're just like you say, you're planting seeds, you're setting the stage, and you're basically letting them know that you're going to wow them with your service. I mean, really, that's what you're doing. You're saying, Tony, I am committed to helping you have an amazing experience. And once you do, I'd like permission to ask you for referrals later on. Everybody says yes to that because you're not making them feel uncomfortable. And you shouldn't feel uncomfortable either because you're just saying, I'm going to do a great job. Now, that's step one, setting the stage. Step two is listening for the referral triggers. And a referral trigger would be something like, Wow, Tony, this is so amazing. You did such a great job. I love it. I look so good. I feel so great. I've got energy. I've made more money. Whatever it is that your service delivers, you're looking for that wow moment or that expression of appreciation. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me because you, I mean, essentially, you're looking for signs that it's almost like, um, I, I think it was called the net promoter score. That uh, yeah. they use a lot of surveys now that you're looking for signs that someone loves your service enough that they wouldn't feel any, they wouldn't, they wouldn't feel bad about recommending you to somebody else. 100%. And I'm glad you brought on the net promoter score or what's called the NPS in the industry, right? Because you can actually, if, if you don't hear 
that expression of appreciation, you can manufacture it. The way you do that is if you're if you want more referrals, and you know, you've done a great job. You just say, hey, Tony, I just want to check in with you real quick. You know, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with the service that we've been providing for you? Now, you know, NPS. So if they say a nine or a 10, what's your next step, Tony? That's when you say, well, great, great. How likely would you be to recommend me to somebody else? Yeah, man. I'm so glad you feel that way. And you might even ask if it's less than 10, maybe it's a nine or an eight. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you feel that way. How can I make it a 10? What would I, what can I do to serve you even better where you're beyond thrilled? Oh, you know what? Now that you mention it, I am, I am thrilled. It is a 10, whatever the case may be. Or they tell you something that helps you make your business better. Okay. But regardless, if you're getting an eight, a nine, a 10, you want to reply and say, I'm so glad to hear that. I love helping people like you get results like this. And remember at the beginning, when we first started working together, I told you that I was committed to helping you have an amazing experience. Well, since you feel that way, I'd love to help you help others have that same experience. Do you know anybody that can use a, and you describe your, your your service that you provide and you ask them to get those referrals. So that's the three steps. Set the stage, listen for the referral triggers. And then when it's time to ask, you say, I'm so glad you feel that way. I want to help your people feel the same. You know, I'm picking up on two different things that is saying that I, I really want to make explicit because one, um, especially when it comes to talking about the NPS and asking their feedback, it, it's it's like you're performing multiple roles at the same time with that same uh, with that same question because it's important to ask the feedback because you don't know if something's wrong or if they prefer something else or they want different different service. I mean, it can provide a lot of things. They can say, "Well, everything's great, but I really wish that you know." that if this thing wasn't was, was a little better it would help out for effort you just say well actually i do do that thing or i know someone who can't help you with that and that, at that point you develop that authority of becoming the person that they go to uh, just a little bit just a little more authority but that person that they go to in order to well, help them with um What's the doing? I, I, You're so right. You know, if they say it's a nine or I wish you had done this, or is there any way you can help me with that? That's gold for your business, right? You're looking for those opportunities. Your goal is to provide 10 out of 10 service every single time. So if it's a nine, you say, what can I do to make it a 10? If they tell you, go do it. Right, go above and beyond. And even if they say it's a 10 out of 10, you might want to follow up and say, listen, is there anything else that I can do so that you have an amazing experience and you want to tell everybody about us? Now, what you're really doing is you're planting those seeds again, right? And you're letting them know that you're committed to wowing them with your service. And when you take that kind of a commitment of superior service for your clients and your, your customers, they're going to spread the word about your business. And I think on top of that, you know, you mentioned about this automation of systematizing the referral. When you, it, it sounds like you're almost inputting the system in person, in real time with with uh what you're doing and um it's and, and and really i mean i don't think anyone needs to feel bad about the fact that they're asking for your thoughts at the end of the day everyone understands you know you're in business you need clients you need more 
you need to be able to grow. And I think people appreciate that, especially here in, in the U.S. where there's so much of a focus on work and being successful financially, right? It's huge. And, you know, one of the things that you can do to position that statement as service is you can say, you know, Tony, one of the ways that I'm able to keep my cost down is that I work primarily by referral. And by not spending a lot of money on marketing, I'm able to pass those savings on to you. Right. So you can position your services from the standpoint of the fact that you work by referral as a benefit to them. I'll just hear one other thing that is really impactful, which is referral partnerships. Now, a lot of times you asked earlier, what are the gaps that we see? Well, the first gap is people don't ask for referral. The second gap is that people don't create referral partnerships often enough. And this is one of the things that, that I was, it was my magic weapon, quite frankly, or my you know magic bullet back in the day is I, I went around and I asked all the most successful people that I could find. And I said, what's your secret for success? They all said that their business came from referrals. And I said, okay, referrals from where exactly? And a number of them said they get a good amount of referrals from past clients, but the largest percentage said they got referrals from other professionals, either who served homeowners or served business owners, depending on the industry that they were in. But, you know, we've done surveys and what we find is that most people don't have many referral partnerships. In fact, I surveyed over 2,000 professionals and I found that 79% of them said that they had between zero and two referral partners that had sent them just one referral every 90 days. So they're out there all alone having to build their business and they really didn't have a team of people that they were building their business with. Well, I mean, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, it makes... It, it makes sense. I think I think I've had this conversation with people who are struggling. They and they wonder where are people getting these referrals from? They all have they have because I've seen people get referrals. When uh, I think in one particular case, I, I know a, a realtor who got two different referrals to sell homes, and he hadn't even sold a house yet. And it was and and people were asking them, where are these referrals from? Who, who's who's giving who's giving you this business? And I think that you know. A, that leveraging that uh, it's almost like um, developing those partnerships, but also leveraging that um, the le leveraging the network that you already have. I mean, pretty much everyone yeah. has uh, friends, and we're not saying you know we we're not saying you shouldn't you should uh, you should go full MLM here and start telling them about how much they need to buy your vitamins. Let's get, <laughs> let's remember that, right? But sure. but I mean by but uh, hopefully hopefully you have developed a sense of uh, trust and confidence between your between your network um and that's something that uh, is a valuable tool to leverage but i think you know a lot of times these partnerships they 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 form because you're seeking for them do you have could you share any kind of insight into how you could develop these business partnerships with people that you don't necessarily know already yeah, absolutely. I mean, number one, you can get my book, Raving Referrals. I give you everything you need in the book, but you can go to hoa.com slash blueprint and you can download our referral partner blueprint. It's free. It's a PDF document. This will tell you exactly what you need, including the referral score quiz that we talked about. And also it will give you scripts and tips that you can use to immediately build referral partnerships. The biggest thing 
is focusing on who do you serve and who serves them. Okay. So when you're creating referral partnerships, you want to take inventory of the people that you already know and do business with. There's three main categories that you should be looking at of who you want to partner with. Number one, who's already sending you business, right? If you take a second and you think about the clients and customers that you've served this year or in the last year, think about who were the people that sent that business to you. And sometimes you'll be amazed. I did this when I when I got to the end of that 18 months in the mortgage business. I've made $200,000 that year. And I went, you know what? I'm just curious, where did all of this business come from? And so I tracked down every single deal that I had closed and where that business came from. And do you know, Tony, I had $50,000 in commissions from one real estate agent, just one. And once I realized that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is a gold mine for me. I need to go invest in co-marketing with her. And so it made a huge difference. So, I mean, isn't that really what you want to start with is number one, the people that are already sending you business. Number two, the people that you're referring business to. And we hear this from realtors all the time. They refer a ton of business out and they don't get as many referrals back because they haven't formalized their referral partnerships. And so that's part of what we teach. And the third category is all of the people that are in your phone, on your social media, the people that you know, like, and trust that are in the same complementary industries, but you've never approached them and said, let's do business together. So that's what we teach in the referral partner blueprint. I think that I think that's great. You know, I think, like you said, a lot tons of businesses focus get a huge amount of benefit from referrals, but they don't think of it as part of their actual business strategy in order to really optimize and take and take advantage of basically the low hanging fruit that's already hang that's already there. You know, everything everything in life is a uh, is is an opportunity cost. You know, I, I graduate economics, so I like I, like, I always nice. use that term, opportunity yeah. cost. I knew and, you were a smart guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I appreciate that. But no. um, yeah, I mean, op- but I mean, at the end of the day, everything costs you time, effort, and resources. And you, as a business person, you have to figure out where exactly the best way and the best route to go and where to invest all of the resources that you have, which I think makes a perfect segue into the second topic of discussion uh, today is the fact that, well, you know, Brandon, you've mentioned it already. You've, this is HOA.com is like your 10th technology platform that you've built out. You yeah. have a long history of business experience with so many different businesses. And looking at that, I mean, we see how you partially scaled your business through referrals, but what what else do you think is imp- how would you, if you if you if you're starting a business hmm. uh, from the ground up again, what's your approach towards it? What's your what's your kind of the strategies that you fall back on? For me, it's all referrals and partnerships. I mean, honestly, I do three things in my business. I'm blessed to have a great team that's that's helping me build this company, right? So that I can focus on. I do a lot of partnerships. That's my number one focus. I end up doing podcasts and presentations to get the word to the herd, so to speak. So <laughs> it, it's huge. Just yesterday, we formalized a partnership, and this hasn't been announced yet, so the press release hasn't gone out, but we just formalized a partnership with CARE, 
care.com. Now care has nearly a million caregivers on their platform. People that are doing daycare and child care and elder care. They do pet sitting and they do home cleaning, right? So it's a perfect fit for our HOA.com ecosystem and community. So by creating partnerships like that, we're able to create these massive uh, leverage and benefit for everybody in our community. We, we did a partnership with Thumbtack. So we have their 250,000 pros on our platform. We just did a partnership with uh, the largest insurance brokerage, Hub International, so that homeowners that are on our platform can get quotes from the top tier insurance companies from the comfort of their, of their own home. So if I were just starting out, I'd be focused on partnerships because that's what I've seen makes the biggest difference. It's the accelerant because one plus one equals 11 when you do it right. That completely makes sense because both businesses can complement each other. And right. it, it almost sounds like you're building essentially this one-stop shop where people can come to your can come to you, HOA.com and say, Ben, I've got this problem, I've got this problem, I've got this problem. And you say, well, I got solutions for three of those problems. And for those two other two of those other problems, I know exactly who you need to go to for that. And so people come to you first. Well, exactly. And this is a lesson, Tony, I'm so glad you brought that up because every business owner should be thinking that way. Now, you don't have to have all the solutions in-house. We don't do everything ourselves. But what we do is we partner with best-in-class companies that provide those solutions that people need to succeed. And that's the key. Now you're able to add value to everybody that you're doing business with and help everyone win together. We have seven laws of raving referrals. And one of those laws is everyone wins or no one wins. And it makes sense because it is, you know, in a real sense, a, um, a, a collaborative effort. And so, Absolutely. I mean, looking at, you know, you're, you're a leader in the business field. And uh, one thing that we do like to talk about here on this show is, well, mm. some, some mental stuff. So let's, let's, mm. import, let's import a little bit of it in here. How, how important do you think it is to understand the different personalities of all the different people you're working for, whether it be the partnerships and the referrals or just p- p- simply the people that you're working with on the sales leadership or any other section of your business. You know what? Personality science is huge. You, for so many different reasons, um, I love the book, Why They Buy. And this really teaches personality science. This is the bank code system that we were talking about. Uh, that book is by their founder, Sherry Tree. And Sherry's amazing. I, My last technology company I had was called Refer.com. And we built that to over 5 million members. And I met Sherry while I was the president of that company. And then when once we exited, she hired me to come lead her technology company. We actually created an AI tool for personality science back in uh, 2019, so four years ago okay. now. And what's so cool is that there's four primary personality codes. And I teach people, it's like a magic trick. I actually have these cards that I use. <laughs> so when I'm out and I meet somebody new, I say, do you want to see a magic trick? What do you think they say to that, Tony? <laughs> I, I think uh, I think I, I think if if someone like you came up to me and said, "Do you want to see a magic trick?" I'd say, "Sure." I'm not sure where this is going, but okay. 
right? 100%. I've never had anybody turn me down because just like you said, it creates intrigue. I don't know where this is going, but I'm going along for the ride, right? So, so then what I do is I hand them these four cards and I say, do me a favor, read the information on these cards and then sort the cards in order of what's most like you to least like you. That will help me serve you better and save us both time. Now, if you notice on the bottom of the cards, those are the bank codes. So it goes blueprint, action, nurturing, and knowledge. And that spells bank, B-A-N-K. The beauty is I'll hand someone the cards. They'll take about 60 seconds to kind of read through the cards and sort them out. They hand them back to me and they say, okay, here's my bank code. Now, what they don't realize is they've just told me exactly how their brain works. They've told me what they value and how they make decisions, including buying decisions. So this is really powerful when it comes to closing more sales in less time. Because once they hand me the cards, then I describe who they've just told me they are. Right In this case, this is nurturing first. I say, oh, I can tell that you care about people. You really love people. You're about the community. You're about charity. You want to make a difference. And I bet you love collaboration, don't you? And they're like, yeah, 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 I am. Right. And then the second card in this case is action. I said, now you're a netted out fast kind of person. You don't need all the details. You want to understand how you can win big, fast, take advantage of a lot of opportunities and be the star of the show. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm just telling them who they've told me they are. Now, that third code is blueprint. So when things get a little more stressful, you probably focus on the process, the systems, and really understanding the step-by-step plan for success. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. That's me. And the last one in this case is knowledge. And so as I describe back to them who they've just told me they are, what happens is this builds rapport faster than anything I've ever seen because instantly they're thinking, he understands me, he gets me, right? And it's true because they've just told me who they are in that case. And now I can customize my conversations and presentations in a way that helps them get the information they need to say yes. I see. And I, you know, I, I love, I love um, what I keep seeing from you as we continue to talk, Ben, is that really you do have a system for pretty much everything. And it's yeah. a repeatable system. You know, you don't have to memorize some kind of complicated series and really think about and really have it all in your mind. You have it written down on cards and people basically do the work for you and they tell you who they are rather than um, ra- rather than uh, having a conversation, having a conversation and potentially getting sidetracked because these cards just let them focus on exactly what it is that you want them to focus on a tactile, uh, physical thing. And um and, and uh, if there's one lesson I, I think that anybody could take from this is if you can systematize something and you can make it a process that you can repeat and improve upon, that's, that's a huge um, factor for success. It's huge because that's what creates that predictability. But the beauty of these cards, Tony, is that it's not about me. It has nothing to do with me. It's all about them. 
right? It's about mm-hmm. the person that you're trying to serve and how do you get the information you need to serve them most effectively? So I say this is like instant empathy because as soon as I know their bank code, I understand how their mind works and I understand how to customize my communication to add value to them more quickly. For example, in the case of someone who's high knowledge, they take a long time to make decisions. They want to absorb all of the information and really sit and ruminate with the question that, you know, the the choice before them. So you don't want to pressure them to make a decision now or you will repel them and their answer will be no. So instead, when you know you've got somebody that's high knowledge that's asking all of those little nitty gritty questions, your job is to give them as much information as you can to help them feel confident knowing they're making a wise and informed decision. And I think it's also a great way of um, slipping past the typical defenses in this, in a sense, because people just, I would not expect, and I don't think most people would expect someone um, before a sales presentation to say, here's four codes, organize them and tell me who you are. It's, it's, um, and you're not, you're not really selling them at that point. They have no reason to have their guard up, to have their guard up. You're just saying, you're just getting them some cards and it's almost like a, it's almost like a fun little game that they get to play before this that they've, um, have very rarely experienced. And, uh, and I think that, and I think that's brilliant. Um, one, one last thing that, uh, I, I want to talk about here that, um, I think is really interesting, um, is that, you mentioned this before, I think already. Was the Code Breaker AI? It's your, yep. it's an AI chat bot to help you with sales and marketing. Could you elaborate on that a little bit more? Well, yeah. So I thought these cards were brilliant, and when Sherry Tree asked me if I'd come join her and help lead her technology company, I said yes, right? Because what we did is we created an AI that took these cards and literally you can you can run your sales copy through it you can run your email communications to ensure that your communication is matching the style of the buyer that you're looking to serve so we actually created a chrome extension and an ai tool that you could one click crack someone's code on their linkedin profile and in mm. one click in one second you'd understand who they are based on the information that they put in their LinkedIn profile. And so based on that, again, it's a great sales and prospecting tool because you customize your conversation based on who your prospect is and why they buy. Just another, just another great example of how do you how to systematize and make a process out of things that um, I don't think are typically pro- are typically uh, analyzed. You know, I um, I did some work with some tech startups so at reach as well as um as well as some other AI, a couple other AI tech startups mm. and um personality and this kind of a sense of who the customer was were were very important were very important factors that will that uh, play the role into how we approach conversations and I, I think that um uh, having an AI ability to do that and analyze that would be an immense value because no longer are you I mean, so much, so much of the modern, so much of the modern tech world, and the various SaaS and capabilities is really focused mm-hmm. around almost taking away that kind of taking. How should I, how should I say it? Removing, let's say, let's say, 
removing a reliance on pure business intuition to make a decision. Now you no yeah. longer have to intuit what a person's personality is. <laughs> you can use data to help you with that. You know, it's so funny you say that. When I became the CEO of Codebreaker Technologies and I did an initial kind of one-hour talk at their national convention, I said, what we're doing is we're letting the data drive our decisions. We're going to use the information rather than our intuition, right? We're going to study what's actually happening instead of what we think might be happening and use the the data to make the most informed and wise decisions possible. And that's the world that we live in. You know, you talk about AI at HOA.com, we're building AI into several different parts of our business. One is our chat bot to be able to communicate with people and help get them the answers that they need quickly and more effectively. But then also to do the, the personality matching, to match different professionals and connect homeowners with professionals they can trust Based on those commonalities, if we can identify that, you know, you and I both went to the same university or, you know, we lived in the same city, whatever those commonalities are, they create ties that bind. And so we're using that AI to help create better connections between homeowners and the professionals who serve them. I think that's, I think that's great. You know, I'm looking at it. You know, a lot of a lot of smaller businesses um, don't have a ton of access to this ability to data analyze as much as you know larger mm-hmm. corporations do. In, in terms of, I guess, a, a cost benefit analysis opportunity, what do you think? What do you think is kind of the essentials of what you should be tracking, even from an early business? Well, it, it depends on, you know, there's such a wide variety of businesses that might be listening to this conversation right now. So if we if we kind of break it down to the basics. I think understanding your client acquisition cost and your lifetime client value are two of the most important things that you can understand, right? Especially for people that are in service-based businesses. When I was in the mortgage business, I learned that on average, I was making about $3,000 per loan that I closed. However, over the course of that relationship, I understood that each client was worth about $10,000 to my business because they would do multiple loans with me over time and they would refer other clients to me. And so I I learned not to look at it as a $3,000 transaction, but a $10,000 relationship. Once you understand the lifetime value of your client or customer, now you can calculate your spending appropriately, right? Because if your customer acquisition cost is, say, $100 or even $1,000, but you know you're going to make $3,000 on the transaction and $10,000 over the lifetime of that relationship, how many times would you spend that $1,000 to get a $3,000 customer? Yeah, yeah, you do it as much as you can. I mean, whatever, if you're getting ROI from your efforts, go for it. And I think that's, and I think that's um, a a really important long-term view um, towards business. Um, Because, you know, a lot of times uh, in my, in my experience, people and, and companies not willing to go completely all in on your service or your product the first time that uh, you interact with them or the first time that you make a sale with them. A lot of times, a lot of people, and, and it's and it makes sense, right? People have 
you know, a, a certain innate uh, risk aversion to them. They don't want to put all the eggs in one basket. So they're trialing it, trialing it. And so to just judge it based on that first interaction, that first sale isn't really a true indicator, indicator of what it is. And, you know, once, once you have the data and once you have the information, you can, um, you can really, you can really understand where the best opportunities are uh, when you're looking to grow and expand your business. It's huge, Tony. I mean, what you just said is so right on. When somebody's first using you for the first time, they're a little reluctant. They're kind of playing it safe. They're evaluating who you are and what you're really doing. That's why referrals are so much more powerful and impactful, right? Because when somebody says, hey, you got to contact this person, you got to use this company, go to this store, then the trust is way higher. In fact, there's research that shows that human beings trust 90% of human beings trust recommendations from others, right? And that's why when somebody is referred to you, you are 400% more likely to hire that person or to use that process and product because they've been recommended to you. So the trust factor is higher. In fact, in the B2B world, 84% of business-to-business sales start with a referral. So if you're in the B2B world, you've got to be working by referral because if you don't have a champion that's bringing you in the side door and introducing you to the, <laughs> the person that's making the decision, man, your sales cycle is super long and it takes a long time to get that yes. At 84%. I mean, that's an incredible uh, statistic that I don't think really anybody could afford to ignore. Um, and, and it does remind me of the old sales adage that I used to work by, which was, I mean, I still do. Like, don't get me wrong. Sales, you know, sales, sales is one of those careers that the lessons from it stick with you for after, for a long time afterwards, because sales is very personality and very, uh, interpersonal relationship based. But one of the old adages was, um, you know, people buy from people that they like, trust, and relate to. And you're essentially, and for, for your various software, you're essentially finding a way to systematize that and make that into a process. It reminds me of, um, of um, you know, I, I, I won't say he's the greatest person, but he is certainly an effective salesperson, Jordan Belfort. Oh, yeah. Well, he, um, I, I read his book. I think it was a straight line sales, uh, method. And he says something in there about, you may not trust me right now, but if you, we were doing business for three years from now, uh, mm -hmm. you would, you would, you, and I came with you for a great opportunity. You would pounce on it. Well, today is the day to make that, to make, to make that, uh, three years happen. Something like that. I mean, I'm sure he would do it way, way better than I would. No, but it's smart what he's doing. And that's a great example. I love that you brought that up, Tony, is he's manufacturing trust right then. He's trying to collapse that three-year time frame and saying, you should just trust me right now. Don't wait three years. You can trust me right now to get them to take that step in confidence. And, you know, it, it's really so true. People want to buy. In fact, people don't like to, to be sold, but they love to buy. Right. And when you can use the power of referrals, it helps people feel comfortable. So they say yes faster and more often. And we just want to accelerate and elevate that trust building process. I mean, that's a, it's a great mission and uh, it's, it's giving you a ton of business success and um, um, many other businesses I'm confident can follow that model 
and learn from you and uh, become successful in their own way. Well, thank you so much for hopping on with us today, Brandon. Uh, do you have any last uh, words of advice that you want to give to our listeners out there? You know, thank you for having me, Tony. I'd say a last piece of advice is two things. Number one, get clear on what it is that you want in your life. Live life by design, not life by default. Get clear on your goals. For me, I've got hundreds of goals. I've got them written down. They're here on my desk. I know exactly what I'm out to create, and I'm checking <laughs> goals off of my list all the time because I'm clear on what it is that I want in my life. So number one is get clear. Number two is right behind me. It's ask for what you want, right? Don't be so tied up in your ego that you're embarrassed or ashamed to ask for help. People want to help you. They want to see you succeed, but you've got to be courageous and bold enough to ask them to support you. And when you do, human nature is they want to help you. You just got to ASK to GET. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people do suffer from social anxiety and and they think that what they're asking for is 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 so much great is asking for something is so much greater of an ordeal to the person they're asking it from than than it reality ever really is if um you know i even saw this one time um it was, it was one time it was um, somebody asking to get a restaurant uh reservation hmm. and they just didn't want to call because they thought they would burden the person on the other side by by taking up their valuable to their valuable time on the phone to book a time to come to the restaurant and i would kept telling them it's just just call them they want you to be there they want it to, they want right. to, they want you to they want you to come they want customers it's like no it's it's, it's too much of a deal so I, I think you're right you know just getting out almost like getting out of your own way um is an important um it is an important measure to take, and I'm, I'm so happy that you shared, with us, shared that Get with us Get out today. of your head and take action. That's what it comes down to. Stop making up stories about what the other person may or may not be thinking. What You just nailed it, Tony. In reality, they want to help you, and if you give them the opportunity to help you, they feel good about it. You're not putting them out. You're giving them the opportunity to serve you, and that's a gift for both of you. Can I put it better myself, Brandon? Well, thank you so much for hopping on the X show. This is your host, Tony Shu, and I'm here with my special guest, Brandon Barnum. He's a CEO of HOA.com, as uh, well as a serial entrepreneur of a variety of many of many successful businesses. Uh, you can, and uh, if you ever have any questions, uh, you can reach out to us here at X show at Tony at XUCapital.co, or you can follow us on our Facebook page for additional content. I am always available. Uh, in order to speak, and you can reach out to me there at any time. Thank you so much for hopping on, and y'all have a great day.